with dance and stuff. What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Dance and dance and stuff. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. It is actually Thanksgiving as I record. And when you hear this tomorrow, it's over. It's what... um. Capitalism is calling Black Friday, right? That's when you go and you get trampled as you run to get a flat screen TV at Best Buy or Costco. Can you get TVs at Costco? I've never been to one. At any rate, I'm in my mom's house in her guest room, which is a little echoey, I'm realizing. Um, It is... 10.23 in the night. Um, what happened? How did this Thanksgiving go? I got out here to Sac Harbor. Well, I, I, got, I took the train to Bridgehampton and got in yesterday around 1.30. I had a grocery list all ready to go. My mom picked me up and we went straight to the King Cullen, which is this giant grocery store in Bridgehampton. And we rushed through and got everything on the list. It was a success, though. If you're looking for an 898 squash for that squash salad and Bon Appetit, good luck. I've never seen one in real life. Actually, you know what? I I may have seen one at this like weird art opening that my friend Sam Reck took me to. It wasn't mm, art opening. Maybe not the right word. They were selling some produce and tables and chairs and art. It was an everything kind of launch of a shop. Um, anyways, I just got some good old butternut squash instead. Um, and I planned some dishes to bring to my mom's business partner, Sharon, today. We went today. So I I designated for us um, the squash and radicchio salad by Claire Saffitz and Christina Che at, at um, Bon Appetit from their Making Perfect Bon Appa Thanksgiving. And also Claire's caramelized honey pumpkin pie which we'll talk about shortly we are always responsible for the mashed potatoes at this thanksgiving and not doing anything fussy anymore just boil potatoes mash milk butter salt some garlic whatever nothing nothing special no ricers no special toppings no heavy cream no sour cream just I mean, there's been too many, too many failures in the past. So just keeping it simple. And then uh, a cranberry sauce, which actually turned out to be sort of superfluous at this Thanksgiving because they'd already made their own and a very similar recipe. But what I do is I just take, let's say I'm doing one bag of cranberries. So the recipe calls for one bag of cranberries and one cup of water and one cup of sugar. I think that's, yeah, that's how the bag of cranberries works. But one cup of sugar is way too much for a cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce is not meant to be like 
crazy jam. It's meant to be tart. And so what I do is I substitute half the water for orange juice, just fresh squeezed orange juice. So half, wa- half a cup of water, half a cup of orange juice, and then half a cup sugar. So half the sugar, but you'll get some additional sweetness from the orange juice. And then I throw in the orange zest and it gets a little, you know, I chop it up, it gets candied and that's nice. That's the cranberry sauce. Um, okay, so the squash and radicchio salad is a dish I once made for like a, a kind of tester dinner with Joe Walsh and Lauren Strong and, and um, Lloyd Mayer. It was a random assemblage of dancers at my home. And I tried out a few of the Making Perfect Bon Appetit Thanksgiving dishes. Um, the Their fussy mashed potatoes with potato chip topping, I, I don't need to do that anymore. And then, but this salad really worked out. So I've now incorporated it into this Thanksgiving. The family. Now, I wanted to make this pumpkin pie because I'd seen Claire do it on um, Dessert Person and it looked really promising. And I really followed her recipe um, very closely. So I made her version of uh, pie pastry and it was not much more involved than any other pie dough. It just had a few kind of like tricks in it like half the butter you cut into half inch cubes and the other half you cut into um like very thin slices and first you incorporate the cubes and then you incorporate the slices and you just do it with your hands and there's also the only other thing that's kind of atypical is that after you've rested the dough for a couple hours in the fridge you take it out and you roll it into a rectangle and you do an envelope fold which is just into thirds and then you let it rest again. No. I also followed her techniques for putting for blind baking the dough and how you um, prevent slumping, which is where the dough shrinks and kind of like gets smaller than the pie dish, which obviously is partially accomplished with pie weights, but also with some encouraging the dough into the plate with your hands, which... Claire does a lot of pressing it into the bottom, pressing it into the sides, um, pressing of the crimped edge into the lip of the dish, etc. And I did all of those things. I made the beautiful caramelized honey, pumpkin, custard. It all went into the shell. Look, I did have some temperature issues with my mom's strange oven, which is totally unreliable. But I'm dubious of this method. It's the first thing I've ever made from Claire that's not been a success. But I have to say, the crust was neither light nor flaky. But I, look, I did, it. now I'm realizing this is probably my fault. Because I rolled out some of the scraps from when I trimmed the dough around the edge of the dish. And I did turn those into little like cinnamon sugar spirals. And that pastry tasted good. So 
my, I guess what must have happened is that as I did all these methods of pushing it really hard into the dish to prevent slumping, I must have overworked it a bit because the dough, while very thin, was tough. It was a, like kind of cardboardy, which that was my mom's adjective. She doesn't mince words when, when um, reviewing pastry that I've made because usually I'm pretty good at it. In fact, in recent years, I found that doing the food processor method is great. You barely handle the pastry, it comes together in two seconds, and it yields a great result. But I decided to be fussy this year, and it didn't work out, so I learned my lesson. Now, there is another uh, half of the recipe in the freezer right now, because I'm planning on making a chocolate pudding pie tomorrow. So I'm going to work it less before I blind bake it, and I'll let you know next week how Claire's recipe works out. Um, so those were, the, the mashed potatoes were great. We did half Yukon gold and half russet, and then just whole milk and butter. And I cooked whole garlic cloves in the whole milk and butter for, to, to warm up the milk. And then I mashed that garlic a bit before I poured it all into the potatoes, salt, pepper, delicious, simple, no, nothing wrong with it. Now, we got everything over to Sharon's and Sharon had made the turkey and a traditional white bread stuffing and um, a, little, a chopped kale salad with Parmesan cheese and their own cranberry sauce. Rick's and Burns had made corn pudding, one with oysters, one without. I always opt for the without. I'm scared of a canned oyster or a raw oyster. Oysters of any kind. And um, what else was there? Is there another? There was no other green. There was our salad that we made. Oh, thank God. There was delicious gravy. And so, yeah, that was it. Oh, there was a, uh, a squash soup with pomegranate seeds and fried sage um, to begin the meal. We always have a, a blended soup at the beginning. Okay, so that was dinner. Then we took a walk. And then we came back and we had, there was too many pies. There was apple pie, pumpkin pie, coconut cream pie. And so anyways, we ate pie, probably ate too much pie. My pie was a disappointment. And then, you know, people told stories. My, <laughs> my mom reminded us of this story about um, how she how she had a kind of, well, I don't even know. It's kind of embarrassing. Well, she had a sort of altercation with the pizza place in town because she paid for a slice of pizza one day with a $100 bill because she was at work that day and she, like, took money from her whatever she has, whatever. She had a $100 bill and she didn't have any other change. So she unfortunately paid for pizza with a $100 bill, which is crazy. And then they only gave her change for a 20 and then she pointed this out to them and then they they denied it and it ended up becoming this big problem and um well not a big problem because in the end my mom just was like okay and then she ended up apologizing to them even though never actually resolved the issue 
But anyway, she kept calling it, she kept saying, like, well, I did end up paying $100 for a slice of pizza pie. And then, you know, everybody lost their minds laughing because, you know, who says pizza pie besides my mom? Anyways, that was fun. Um, We talked to Aunt Jane on the car ride home. And then I uh, put leftovers away when we got home and I promptly fell asleep. And now, and I mean, meanwhile, we ate dinner at like 2.15 in the afternoon. So by the time we're getting to home around seven o'clock, I'm ready for bed. So had a little nap, woke up, my shoulder is bothering me, uh, but it's going to be okay. And um, here we are sitting in my mom's house. Um, I'm tired. Um, lots of food prep, lots of eating, and then and then the fall. Um, tomorrow I'm gonna make a pot of chicken soup. Um, I I believe I shared that recipe with you a couple weeks ago. It's the two onions, parsnips, carrots, and a whole chicken. Cover with water. Add a bunch of salt. Cook for an hour. Strip the chicken of its meat. Of voila. Um, and then I'm gonna make the chocolate pudding pie. And, uh, I don't know. I'll go play with my nephews. And that's it. And then I'm going back on Saturday morning to the big, big city. Um, I saw the Petronio show. Did I already talk about it? I guess I didn't because the last week was Emily Wexler. The conclusion of Emily Wexler. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, I went to the Petronio show, which is a little bit of like a... It was at La Mama, and it was retrospective, sort of. It had excerpts from many works that he's made, and I think they were calling it the punk program, but there wasn't much punk about it. Maybe there was a couple pieces that some would consider punk? I'm not sure. But I, I, I was definitely, I left the show interested. You know, I, I've never been a huge fan of, of, Steven's choreography, but I absolutely appreciate where it comes from. And so I watched it through that kind of lens and I had a good time. Um, and there were some amazing performances, particularly a performance of excerpts from Rite of Spring that he'd made. Um, I think the person who did the second, the end of the Rite of Spring was Jackie Medlock. Don't quote me. Uh oh, I should ask Mac and Ryan, who are also exceptional in the show. I mean, everybody in the company is great. Anyways, uh, did I see other performances? Uh, I don't recall. I don't recall. It's been a lot of studio time, TV time. The morning show had a disappointing season finale. Well, both fun and disappointing don't you think like the part about jennifer aniston kind of getting really sick was great and then the part of about jennifer aniston um having no kind of empathy or or having gained any kind of humbleness through her ordeal when she was making those final speeches it was a shock i thought we're going to leave this season with this character's 
seemingly having learned nothing from all of this trauma. At any rate, it's a great show. It's really fun. Um, I watched the season finale of Foundation. That show is a slog, but it, it looks pretty good. And maybe the second season will yield more interesting things. But I haven't read the Isaac Asimov book. I, I don't feel connected to it. Can you believe I still haven't seen Dune? I blame Zach Gonder. He and I were meant to see it after he returned from some guestings, but we haven't been able to coordinate. So maybe I blame the I blame the both of us. I did once have an opportunity to see it at like nine thirty after he was done with work, but I said it's too late. It's too late. It's a three hour movie. Um I'm grateful for Zach Gonder. I'm grateful gosh, should I do I don't wanna maybe don't wanna do a list. <laughs> But I'll just say, you know, many, I have many friends that I'm grateful for and have grown closer to over the past couple strange years. And um, I'm grateful to, to you, the listeners, who've somehow stuck around. Um, and even to many of you who I feel like I've grown close to, um, despite not really knowing you. Barbara Fink and Jeffrey Edelstein. And though I I knew Evan before, I feel like our, our friendship has grown through the podcast. Um, Evan Leslie, who's now in Houston. And um, gosh, Emily Wexler, obviously, and Kim Brandt. And then Maggie and Stewart, if they're listening. Otherwise, I'm not grateful for them. <laughs> Lindsay. Um, gosh, all the friends of the podcast, obviously. every All guests past and present. Present being only myself. And I'm grateful for me. Um, it is... Uh, I haven't been recording for very long. It's... it's I hope you, you won't feel ungrateful if this ends up being a kind of mini holiday episode. Um, do I have any, any TV shows to, to, um, either explain? (laughs) Let's see. Let's see. Actually, I feel like TV season is over as we move into the holidays. Oh, well, this is one thing I could I could talk about Great British. So, as those of you know who watched the Great British Bake Off, Joe and Lauren, if you're listening, that's you. Though I don't think you've been listening since you have a newborn baby, but you're forgiven. You are forgiven. Um. So this past week, stop listening, spoiler alerts, spoiler alerts from Patisserie Week, but they had this episode where all four of the people in the semifinals did just, I guess they did good bakes all around, though Jurgen was the only person who kind of fully understood the technical challenge and won. But otherwise, um, everybody seemed like things were pretty even. And the jet, although Paul Hollywood did a thing where he didn't give Jurgen a handshake in the first challenge, um, though Prue 
maintains that she would have given Jürgen a handshake if that was a thing that she did. So, um, at the end of the episode, you're thinking, well, who's going to go home? Giuseppe clearly was the bottom of the, of the showstopper challenge. And then they sent Jürgen home. They sent Jürgen home. I have never had so little faith in the Great British Baking Show, and I suddenly felt the presence of politics and producers and favoritism. And look, I realize the stakes are low. He's already made it to the finals. It's not like we're going to forget Jürgen. There's nothing actually to win on this show besides a glass plate and celebrity. So, you know, Jürgen's going to be fine, but it's not fair. And I've read some some blog entries that speculate that the fact that Jürgen dropped the sauce, vegan sausage rolls on the ground and still fed them to Prue and Paul, when that came to light, Paul probably was upset and decided that he wanted Jürgen off. Do you think that's true? I think that's true. <sighs> Anyways, I've I almost always finish episodes. Oh, also, the way in which they kind of just breezed past Jürgen's exit. I've never seen them fly through someone's exit that quickly, even in week one. They were just like, we're sorry to say, we won't, we're saying goodbye to Jürgen. Da, da, da. episode over. I mean, we barely, he had a misty eye and said goodbye and said, I think he said like, I think I was less surprised than the others, which is very generous. I mean, all of the world was in shock. I'm assuming because I bear, I couldn't get to sleep after that. (sighs) All right. Um, I, I was, I was planning to maybe boycott the finale, but what I'm going to do is probably just fast forward through it. Because as much as I like those three people, they all seem very nice. Chiggs, Christelle, and Giuseppe. I don't really, I don't care about them. They're not that interesting to me. Um, but uh, I wish them all luck equally because I honestly don't care who wins at this point. Okay, so that was Great British. Um... I'm behind on Project Runway because I find it it's a difficult show to watch for me. Um, but, I mean, compared to the other shows that they now have that are fashion competitions, I mean, Project Runway is like, whew, it's a real mom and pop shop. You know, it's like a, it's amateurs. It's amateurs. I mean, am I saying I could do better? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I like to think so, but I do realize there's a, there's a few people on that show who know what they're doing. It's just, wow. It's few and far between. Um, what else can I tell you? I'm, I'm beginning, I hate to admit this, but uh, uh, Pam Tanowitz gave me the book Feelings or Facts by Yvonne Rayner for my birthday a couple years ago, I thought. And then I, uh, the other day I was 
chatting with Russell and he was like, do you want to do feelings or facts book club? I was like, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll turn it into a series on the podcast, which we will be doing. So now you have fair warning, um, starting probably next week or the week after, um, Russell and I will be talking through the first hundred pages of feelings or facts. And I guess it'll be a four part series since the book is close to 500 pages. Um, but the shock in all of it was that, um, the book, the inscription in the book says Exopam 2017. So, whoops, I got this book four years ago and it's been sitting on my shelves. Now, many books have been read between then and now and, you know, school happened, etc. So, but look, I'm glad glad to be starting it. It's already a good read. And I'm only a few pages in. Um, I'm also reading, and I don't know if I, should I say that? Can I say this out loud? I have an advanced PDF of Lynn Garifola's new Nijinska uh, memoir, or not memoir, biography. I'm so sorry. And what's memoir? I, I guess a memoir, does a memoir have to be written autobiographically? I don't know. Ask Siri. Um, anyways, what am I telling you? Uh, yes, join us for book club. Start reading feelings or facts. Um, I would recommend getting it on your Kindle if you can, because it's, I mean, definitely don't want to be carrying around the hardcover version. It's a coffee table book. And then the soft cover version is a good four pounds. I mean, you could use it, you could use it for strength training. Um, I hope you're all having a great Thanksgiving. I hope you're eating, oh, I hope you're eating um, a leftover sandwich with lots of mayonnaise on toasted bread while you're listening to the podcast the day after Thanksgiving. My mouth is absolutely watering. I may start drooling any moment. But to think about toasted, like toasted country bread with a lot of mayonnaise, some shredded breast meat, my mouth is watering, um, some cranberry sauce, a little stuffing, and then top it off with some greens. Oh my, oh, if you have a tomato, well actually no, don't put on a tomato. Greens, slice it in half, heaven. You should put a little salt on it too. I don't recommend putting mashed potatoes in there, that sounds weird. Um, okay, well, thank you for joining me for this holiday minnesota Minnesota. Um, I just got a text from Laurel Keen. Hi, Laurel. I can't wait to read your text. I hope Minneapolis is lovely this time of year. And that's it. That's all, folks. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll be back next week, perhaps with Book Club, or I'll be prepping you again for the following week, Book Club. Um, je- uh, goodbye. Uh, I loves you. Oh my God. Oh.